1: Good morning, good morning, good morning everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Hope you all had a very nice Memorial Day weekend. I know that I did. Maybe we'll share some stories or maybe you already heard of those stories if you were tuned in to the surprise stream yesterday. Spencer Israel, Joel Kahn and Dennis Dick with you this morning. Got a lot to discuss today. We got a three whole days uh, to uh, to catch up on, uh, on news for us. So we've got uh, a deal this morning. Cloudera is getting taken private. Some software names are up in sympathy with that. The AMC squeeze is continuing. Well, I don't know if you want to call it a squeeze, but there was a piece of news. We're going to talk about that, AMC, uh, BlackBerry, and more. Everything is up today is basically the theme of today's show, right? Because everything is up. I see Bitcoin. I see gold. I see oil. It's all up. Everything is up. Uh, two guests on today: Nick Shaheen on at eight thirty-five. He is, of course, the author of "Create Income with Option Spreads," also the author of the Benzinga Options Newsletter. The link is in the, the description. Also, Matt Hammond from IPO Warriors will join us at nine to talk about IPOs for the week. Before I throw it to Joel, reminder: smash that like button, please. Thank you very much. Let's get the week started off right. And now I will throw it to Joel, who will tell us how. How up are we this
2: morning, Will? Up, up and away, Spencer, that little dip Sunday night and Monday by the Dippers came in, made a low, 41.90 in the uh, Sunday-Monday session, 91.75 starting last night. We're up 23.5 handles, have some good levels on the upside to take a look at here in a few minutes. Uh, Crude making a new high for the move, up $2.02 at 68.34. Gold in the green by 6.60 at 1911.90, silver in the green by 40 cents at 28.41 and a half, bitcoin in the green by $710 at 36535 and ethereum up $108.50 at 2626. I just see Microsoft tick down a few pennies here that's probably a mistake triple D <laughs>
3: there's something you- down it's a mistake I <laughs> <laughs> And you're right, Joel. That was just an 8 o'clock trade. There you go. Microsoft is back. Buddy. Okay, now it's up a buck, it, was just, okay. it wasn't a mistake. It was just an old an old cross from the close there. It was just getting late Report apparently. So <laughs> if it's down, it's a mistake.
2: It <laughs> has to be. I mean, CRM and Dell unchanged. not allowed unchanged. to go
3: down anymore, Joel.
2: CRM and Dell unchanged, but they're probably bid They're bid off. Up. The club, oh, no, I CRM guess. is offered flat.
3: <gasps> so something's going on in CRM for not being bit up here today. Thinking Viva Systems Friday. is down. Is oh. there news on Viva Systems? I do, I'm looking at my screen. I'm literally trying to cherry pick anything that is down here. I see Viva Systems is down. I see Abbott Labs trading down. I'm assuming ratings or something or news. But there is not a lot of stocks trading down here this morning. Um, if you want to Viva go Viva had a big
2: day. Had a big day. Is that on what it is? Let's give yeah, yeah. We I remember yeah. talked we talked about this one. I'm like, "Well, it looks like the move uh is not over. I'll revise my statement on that one." it <laughs> oh. took out the pre-market high. That thing never looked back, but just, you know, it did settle near the low of the session. Maybe some profit taking in Viva systems today.
1: Let's go. What's up? Let's go. All right. Everything is up. Uh, You want to start with AMC because there's actually news. Sure. We actually have some news on this this morning. Let's go. All right. Uh, filing. sure. Actually, it was a press release. Uh, AMC sold some shares. They sold eight and a half million shares for 230 uh, and a half million. If you want to do the math on that, it comes down to $27 a share, give or take a couple cents. Uh, they sold this to Mudrick Capital. Uh, this is the same hedge fund behind uh, the SPAC that is buying uh, Tops, and the same hedge fund um, that had previous deals with AMC. They had bought, they'd bought some shares um, and, or they'd bought some bonds in December. They had converted those bonds previously. They made a lot of money uh in January on out of the money call options in AMC. This is a firm that specializes in uh, distressed equities, distressed debt. I don't know if you want to call AMC distressed, but um maybe they, are, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Um in any case, um they are uh they're they're, they're buying some AMC here here uh news out this morning. So AMC is up on that headline. Okay. So
3: here here is um the rant and here's a little bit you know questions they're like how is this trading up on this? I'm not surprised it's trading up on this because you do the math and you think, okay, you're selling this to a hedge fund on the side, basically, and they paid 27 bucks for AMC. Like real money came in, like obviously you got the, the stock market money, but you had like, this is a hedge fund giving a vote of confidence to AMC saying it is worth what we're seeing. So I'm not surprised it's trading up. I know everybody on CNBC was questioning, how is this trading up on the dilution? This isn't just a secondary offering where they had to go way in the hole to get her done. The stock closed at 26.12. It got done a buck above where it closed. So, I mean, obviously there's an appetite from hedgies for AMC as well. So this is a big vote of confidence for AMC. I'm not saying I'm taking my investment dollars and plowing them into AMC, but it doesn't add to the bear thesis at all. I mean, it was an ugly tape on on Friday for AMC to open up the highs, get back ten bucks. You think, okay, maybe the story's over. So I'm not sure. Maybe Mudrick has some other shares and they just want to pump it back up. But this gives a little bit of a, of a, of a vote of confidence to it because this is a hedge fund that manages money and they think AMC is worth 27 bucks because they just bought. Oh. 230 million worth it's worth more than that now yeah and they're and they're obviously right <laughs> so i mean i look at this and think okay well it's not just retail it's not just you know we've been saying oh it's just reddit traders and eventually it's all going to crash and burn now you had a real investor they have a real company maybe they already own shares i'm not sure if they are yeah, that's shares a good before. question yeah. you know because if you owned a pile of shares this is a vote of confidence to get those shares a little bit higher i'm not sure but I- for whatever reason Mudrick Capital thinks AMC is worth $27, or they probably wouldn't be buying 8.5 million shares
1: up there. Well, so that does give it a vote pre- of confidence. They had previously exchanged uh, some some debt for equity with AMC. So they do have some equity. Yeah. How much equity?
3: Is it like, do they have 100 million shares? Do they have 50 million shares? Did this double their position? Or did this increase their positions just by a little bit? I don't know the answer to that question. Maybe you guys can find out in the background.
1: In in December, AMC signed a letter with Madrig Capital uh, that called for the uh, hedge fund to buy one hundred million dollars of new secured bonds, and then they received a commitment fee equal to about eight million AMC shares. Uh, so, and that was in December. There was another deal, I believe, in January or February. Um, so yeah, they, yeah, they already are in AMC. This isn't like
3: an- so they're in, but they weren't in heavy, heavy. So this is a big investment for Mudra Capital here, and it's a big vote of confidence for the stock. So I'm actually people coming in and naturally thinking the dilution here. You gotta, you know, you gotta understand markets a little bit uh, more, and I'll try to teach you here today. Is that when you get the vote of confidence from the hedge, you didn't have to go way in the hole. Stock closed twenty six twelve. If they had to get that offer down at twenty bucks to get that money, you'd be That's like, a okay. Difference. That, but this this got done in a premium. And this is done sold not to just you know Joe Investor. This was sold to a hedge fund. So that's why the stock is trading up 17% here today. I am not surprised at all that it is trading up here today. And does 27 act like a floor now? I don't know if that's, you know, there's no offering on the table or anything, but that's where the vote of confidence comes in from under capital. So I think when you analyze and you really think about it, it's not surprising that the stock is trading up on this. So I don't think this move, this morning is the irrational. Do I think AMC is worth $30 a share? No. Do I think AMC is worth $27 a share? No. I'm not putting any of my hard earned work working, you know, money into this as a long-term investment. As a trade, I'm not surprised. You know, and as a trade, maybe I would play it. You know, I've been in and out of AMC a couple of times just because it's so much volatility and you're watching it. And if I watch something for more than five minutes, I can't help myself. I have to trade it. Um, that's why I try to take this stuff off my screen because I just get like, oh, I can see, you know, I start tape reading it. And, you know, and you start to try to scalp it and play it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But um, this is a huge vote of confidence for AMC. And this is another, you know, food for all the Reddit traders who are saying, we told you this is worth more money. Now we have real investors coming in here too. So I'm going to give you that opposite view of what they were saying on CNBC, that this doesn't make sense, that it would trade up on dilution. This absolutely makes sense to me from, a, from just thinking about it from that perspective.
2: Uh, the CEO also took to Twitter. Uh, I was talking about the, you know, the company and, and, and boosting it, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we're back, we're strong, we're doing that. So that's obviously um, adding to the upward momentum in it today. Uh, you know, maybe just start thinking about movie theaters in a, you know, in a, in a different light and, you know, in a different way after the pandemic, I mean, Maybe people are going to be flocking back. They are the streaming things. sure, Joel. Right. So Very maybe they'll start doing like some premium CD or, you know, special events or bar mitzvahs or weddings. The I NFTs don't know what the NFTs are coming,
3: Joel. The, AMC, oh, that's the right. NFTs are coming. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, <Right>. GameStop, <laughs> A- GameStop's doing NFTs. Why
1: not AMC? You know what's interesting is the different strategies that A- the AMC and GameStop um, C suite. Have, have 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 had responding to the the retail hype because GameStop is just radio silence. Nothing you hear, nothing. They don't respond to media inquiries. Nothing.
3: Well, they apparently launched a site about NFTs.
1: AMC. I don't know if you've been on his Twitter recently, but he is leaning in hard. To the, to the retail uh, uh, frenzy. Uh, of And he loves it. He Of course he loves it. it he's getting it, rich. Right, he's getting rich. But he's leaning in hard. So it's just a, a very different approach to, to the same phenomenon. I find that very interesting. What
3: is the market cap of AMC today? Today? Like right now, $30 a share. Do we have it in front of us? Uh, i can pull it up i used to carry that information uh, on my ready plus and you can get it like in real time but i just um because i'm trading on its screen its screen room you yeah. know its green room is sometimes worth you know like money to me and a market. i don't make money analyzing market cap i don't have it on my screen like all the time like i gotta go and
1: add the we, field we, we could call it like 11 bill i think is a, a uh, i call, just want to give you some perspective let's here. call it call 11 billion it's worth eleven billion dollars
3: at today's yep. price. So, in twenty fourteen, what do you think the market cap of AMC was? In twenty fourteen, back when movies were even cooler, um, five billion. Yeah, I was gonna say like seven, six. I don't know. Four hundred seventy-four million. Oh. <laughs> Give you a perspective of what you're buying. You know, like this. I'm going to. I'm if this is correct. I'm looking at marketcaphistory.com. Um, if this is correct, which you know, with all the dilution, we've been telling you that AMC yeah, is trading at this AMC is trading at all time highs. I mean, you can look at the chart and you can say, you know, oh well it was it's it was higher before, but there wasn't this many shares outstanding. They've okay. diluted the living hell out of the stock. Yep. So, you know, when you when you look, you know, and I don't know if you want to go to the history, Joel, and see what the all time high of the price is, but you've got to look at what is the market cap, you know, because this is what people are valuing the company at today. So basically they're saying today AMC is worth 20 times what it was five years ago that's how crazy this market is right now um it does this continue wow. on indefinitely I don't know I, I have no idea you know when this party ends here but right now markets are completely disconnected from all fundamentals hey,
1: according to that, this stuff. according to that same site the market cap was 200 million dollars last October on Halloween basically. yeah that's right Halloween it was 200 uh, million. And now it's
3: worth 11 billion because they didn't have any dilution. They were almost going bankrupt then. And now all of a sudden, we've decided that movie theaters are the best thing ever. So you can see in March, it went to 4 billion and now it's 11 billion. So yeah, so 202 million back in October. And now it's worth 11 billion all of a sudden. So I get the reopening trade. This is where I was going with this, Joel, because you were saying we're going to flock back to movies. I get it. I think it's all priced in, you know, like from a fundamental perspective, it's more than priced in here that this is, this is awesome. But you know what, it doesn't matter. You can't sit here and put your CFA cap on and do fundamental analysis on AMC, because it is meaningless, because it is all FOMO right now. Nobody cares, you got a hedge fund saying it's worth $10 billion or whatever it is now, because they just bought up here at $27. And they're probably just saying, look, the story's hot, we got reopening, who cares where it's trading on market cap because this stock's going higher to the moon. There's people protesting on the street saying with, with signs rocking around, AMC to the moon. So it's promotional stock, a stock that everybody is talk to, talking about on social media. And the story is hot as hell. So that's why you don't short stories that are hot as hell. But I don't invest in companies that don't make any sense. And it just doesn't make any sense at this price. So I, I will never invest in AMC at this price. But as a trade, I get it. You know, It's hot. Could it go to 50? Could it go to 100? Could it go to 500? Could go anywhere? But you know what? It could go to zero too. It couldn't go anywhere. So you can't. I can't invest in something that is disconnected from fundamentals. It's just my own rules. I invest in stuff that fundamentally makes sense. It doesn't fundamentally make sense, but it doesn't matter. I, I, as a bias, I'm not going to short that and say because that's how you really get killed in this market. Saying there's no way AMC can be worth 11 billion dollars, worth 200 million dollars back in October.
2: Well, it can because this is the FOMO market. That just runs
3: on stories.
2: Well, I can't tell you where it's gone, but I can tell you where it's gone, and it uh, it just went to 30.79, currently trading right off that high at 30.54. That was a big bar on Friday, so... 3672 was the high, so you do have some people stuck between here and 3672. But that's it, that's just if you're trading this, uh, either way, long or short side, keep an eye on the pre market high, see if you can get a continuation through that. But I mean, just the buck two buck swings in this thing during the regular session, it looks like it's pretty steady here. You found some support at 28 in the pre market, but uh. It's moving, right? I love it's this. Moving. Shot. Ariel
3: says Dennis Dix says AMC's price target is <laughs> that's how, that's 500. That's how that's how media will do it, right? Dennis Dix said AMC could go yeah, to 500. 500. They'll I pull can. that little you know the media will pull that little clip and and say Dennis Dix said it. here is the clip. Dennis Dix says AMC <laughs> could go to 500. They didn't hear the whole rant before it so could go to 0 too. It can go anywhere. It's heard, not connected to fundamentals anymore. It can do anything it wants. I heard the words. <laughs> that's that's funny out. though. Era, I think it was a joke, but it's funny though. That's <laughs> a good one.
1: In case anybody was wondering what aims he's going to do with all this money, here's what the press release said: uh, We're going to use it uh, uh, for the pursuit. Uh, Let's skip all that. Um, the uh, we're going to uh, pursue value creating acquisitions of additional theater leases.
3: Sure. Why right? not?
1: Why not buy more theater or get more theaters? Why not? Um, as well as in- investments to enhance the consumer appeal of AMC's existing theaters. So I don't know what that means. Maybe they're gonna do some cool virtual reality stuff. I have no idea what that means. Um, so geez. Anyway, uh, they're they're leaning into a uh, uh, brick and mortar theater. Um, Going Why th- not?
3: Why not? Why not? Yeah, people want to throw money at you. Who cares? I mean, you know, it doesn't matter at this point in time. I'm right, gonna go back okay. and look at Hertz. Why did the heck did they not allow Hertz to, you know, to come out of bankruptcy when they wanted to do that secondary offering? They blocked it. They should have just allowed it, I guess. <laughs> well, well, seriously, Wait, of at- just throw money at them.
1: Uh,
2: let
3: them do it.
1: What's the what's the new what's that Hertz? Oh, name? what's the symbol? H-T-Z-Y-B-K-R-F-G? it R F Q? They'll probably go up to H-T-Z-G-Q. Oh, that's G Q. You gotta like that. Yeah. Anyway, it's at six bucks.
3: It's at six bucks. Yeah. But is that like the it splitter? I got where's the chart? Show me the chart of
1: this. No, show. remember that they're they're coming out of bankruptcy. Remember? And the and the shareholders did get something.
3: Oh, the shareholders are going to get something. Yeah. So Okay. Anyway. Whatever. I don't even know how to invest in I honestly don't know how to invest in this market. I know how to trade this market well. I'm going to continue to trade it on FOMO. I'm going to continue to trade it on headlines. I'm going to continue to trade it in all the different ways I trade it. But investing in this market, like I just look at it overall and like people keep saying I had another, but, my buddy Bruce there. Shout out to Bruce if you're listening. He's like, Got a bunch of short term cash. What do you think? And I'm like, <laughs> Investing? <laughs> trading? Sure. Throw it in your trading account and move it around. But investing? I'm like, i ah, not a big fan of investing in anything at these prices. So I'm sitting with a lot of cash here still, too. But trying to buy real estate, but it's bubbled up, too. So hopefully the real estate market eventually pulls back and I'm buying real assets. Because people are willing to, you know, pay $3.5 million for a Gretzky card. I mean, everything is just inflated. You look at every single asset class. We talked about this two weeks ago. You know, you look at collectibles, and it's gone insane. You look at boats, you know, like like literally people are joking. Oh, yeah, if you want to lose money, buy a boat. Used boats are up substantially. You know, <laughs> my buddy bought his used boat for $10,000 three years, just sold it for twenty i am not joking. You never see used boats going up. He used it for three years and over doubled his money on it. This is the kind of market that we're in. People are just hungry to buy anything. And you can sell them anything right now. There's snake oil for sale everywhere. Everybody is selling snake oil and there's a lineup for snake oil. So just be careful with your hard-earned dollars because it all ends in a bloodbath. But right now, the party is FOMO and FOMO is hot.
2: Insider buy on snake oil, right? (laughs) <laughs>
3: Snake oil is hot too right now. So, <laughs> you created out of thin air. What about that crypto scam that they did? You know, this is just the market. They raised like twenty million bucks. Remember, I don't know if we talked about that on the show about two weeks ago. And then Joel, and then they changed the site and said on the site, "We scammed you, and there's nothing you can do about it." That was—I don't know if that was real or not—but that was like a crypto, you know, like where they're they're
1: trying to raise money up to do something, and it it, was complete BS. It caught a rug pull, and yeah, we we cover that as well on on our channel, Um, not not on this show, but um, yeah. So I mean, you're just in this
3: market where there's so much dumb money out there. There is literally so much dumb money out there that everybody you know is like trying you know, you've got real money like you've got you know hedge fund you got other people that are like there's this much dumb money out there let's do it i mean amc is taking advantage of dumb money too but you know what can i come in here and short the stock no nope. and you've got a vote of confidence from a hedge fund
2: you can easily get a locate right on that oh i think so let's yeah look. okay maybe not i don't
3: know let's go look probably I, I never actually even tried. That, that, that goes to show you, I don't even <laughs> try to short AMC. That makes sense, but I'm scared to death of it. People keep saying, oh, if you're talking bearish, short it. I'm not even talking bearish this morning. It is no good here. I'd have to go outside of, of um, my low, my uh, my uh, regular broker here. i probably find it, though. But I don't know. I mean, the thing's hot as hell. It's trading so much volume. It can go anywhere. So that's what I'm trying to say this morning is AMC. I cannot predict AMC pricing. Day to day. That's why I really don't trade. If I'm trading, a short-term scalp because it's impossible to predict this.
2: All right, let's move on. Let's. This is you know. Let's cover some That's other stuff. Tough. Let's go, Spencer. All right,
1: moving right along. I get 21 on uh, 20 minutes on one or two stocks. Let's get to a few more hundred likes here. We're at 200 likes. Let's get to 400 likes before before next On 8:35, let's talk about software today. Cloudera finally C L D R going off the board this morning. Sean uh, Udolpek. Yes, a Sean Udall pick. KKR uh is uh actually there's more than one firm involved here, but uh the the bottom line is the company is being acquired uh for five point three billion dollars, Cloudera uh, shareholders will receive sixteen dollars a share in cash. So sixteen is it?
3: And you're right there, at fifteen eighty-eight. So, um, congratulations to CLDR shareholders. Sean Udall, I believe, is still one of them. He has been on our show multiple times, saying he liked this, and you know, he was wrong about it for a while. But eventually, it's come back up, and it looks like Sean's going to end up being right on it. So, nice trade, Sean. Um, obviously, I don't know if you're ringing the register today, but it looks like uh, they're ringing it for you. Sixteen bucks, yeah. Yeah, you know, so it, it's a nice move. You could say, oh, sympathy plays. I mean, cloud stocks, right? So, was there a yeah. hundred of them? Yeah, <laughs> I always thought this
2: one should do better just by the name, uh, you know, Cloudera. We talk about cloud stocks, but yeah, it's hey, uh, it has
3: the best name.
2: Yeah, it has the best name. A long time coming, $16. Bucks, looks like it uh, doesn't be, gonna have much uh, regulatory. Problems with I was going private 16 bucks 12 cents left on it trade a little bit over i mean it's been a long time coming I don't know if anyone's gonna come and top them but uh 16 bucks is where trade I don't know why you would pay over 16 bucks like it did uh in the in the pre-market here uh, but nice nice steady move up ahead of it uh, we were back at ten dollars so uh little you know Leading up to it, definitely had a rally. Now we the register at sixteen.
1: All right. What about? Let's go to EVs for a second here. Uh, okay, we had we do have some some numbers out over the weekend. First of all, Neo got a pretty big upgrade today. Uh, I'll cover that as well. But it was Citigroup is uh, giving Neo a buy rating and a price target of fifty eight dollars and thirty cents. That is specific. Wow. Had tipped a Citigroup on that specificity. Also, while we're at it, uh, Neo and XPeng reported their May deliveries. Neo's deliveries actually fell month over month. They said it was because of the semi uh, shortage. Uh, uh, XPeng's did not fall month over month. They rose 10% from April to May. Obviously, both up huge year over year. You can't really compare that because they didn't really have deliveries last year. So, um, anyway, Neo uh, upgrade plus May deliveries and XPV also made deliveries were strong.
3: Uh, we were talking on the show yesterday with Mitch. Um, we did a show just on money, Mitch. There, and you know, we're talking about. I don't think you can come in this market thinking you're know, on the NEOs and stuff that you're going to get these hundred percent gainers anymore. And I kind of agree with him. I think you got to take the money when you got it. I mean, Neil has had a nice move. We went from thirty to forty in ten trading sessions, and you know, we've been talking about this rotation of growth, and this was poster child for it. You know, the beaten down. Not that this is a Kathy name, but it kind of goes in that hole, you know, because obviously ridiculous valuation, but storied stock. And they've come back. So you've had a 30% up move in the last 12 days. I think the easy money has been made in the O here now. You get this upgrade. Is this going to be, you know, the top? The city Group buys the top? Maybe. Uh, but you got lots of resistance, lots of overhead supply. It doesn't get easy. It doesn't get easier. Do they have moved to room to 45? I think it's room to 45, but you're stretching it now. The easy money's been made. We, we ticked when everybody capitulated back on May 13th, $30.71, and now it's at 40. So, I mean, this is a nice 30% climb here in the last week and a half, two weeks. Um, that's why I'm looking on some of my names, too, lightening up some of the growth names now because the easy money's been made. So anything that you had on for a trade, I think you start booking it. If you have them on for longer-term investments, you try to hold it, you know, like Penn. I put in there, I like the PEN story. I still think there's some longer-term, you know, uh, um, there. But it's had a decent move, too. I bought this at 76 or 77 a week ago, and it's 82. I mean, these are good moves. So, you know, the, gone are the times, I believe, unless, you know, maybe you're trading AMC. But but gone, gone are the times where you're getting these, you know, 50% moves overnight and 100% in two weeks. And, you know, like, oh, I want 200%. I think you got to be satisfied with some of these twenty, thirty percent moves in a week and a half. These are huge. Take units,
2: your targets, yeah. you know. If, yeah. if you get into these things, I mean, the second run up is a lot different than the first run up, just because they're you know the sky was the limit. You saw that in uh, in Neo when it uh, went almost to seventy dollars. But I'm just looking at this thing and just a number pops out of me and I don't know if we're going to see that today or the next couple days but you had one two three four highs between 41.22 and 41.95 uh not a quad top by any means but that just tells you some big seller out there was targeting the 41.50 area are we gonna that'd be another buck and a half today I don't think you're gonna see that uh perhaps you will 4028 is your pre-market high but if it if it ran another buck buck and a quarter i mean you just have to respect the four highs in the same area first things first let's take out that pre-market high of 4028 gone is
3: the condition of oversold on these stocks they're not oversold anymore and that was the only reason that i was like getting to you know where i want to buy some of the growth because i kept saying they're oversold they're oversold and i was a day or two early but, you know, I started nibbling and dipping my toes in there because you could kind of see the growth wanted to rally. You could kind of see some stocks giving me a tradable bottom, you know, like I was saying, like the Fubo, like the Fastly. I was getting hard levels where I could control the risk. something to lean something on. Something to lean on, like 40. I was like, at bottom three, four times Fastly, you had a big insider buy down there at 40. I had a lot of reasons why I took a shot, at, and I ended up taking a shot at 42 on Fastly. Now it's 47.70, so, you know, it's worked out. But now you look and you're like, Okay, well, I'm not saying I'm coming and buying it today. I'm leaning towards lightening some of this stuff up. Fubo has been a good move. I mean, from 20 to 24 in a week and a half, or week, is a pretty good move. Do I think Fubo's going to 30 again? No, I kind of just rented this. This is just a trade. That's why I sold half, and am I going to sell the other half today? I might. I might. So, um, you know, I'll see what happens. But I didn't like the candle on, I didn't like the Friday action some of these names. It looked like some profit taking was starting in some of the growth names. So, where everybody's saying, oh, yeah, getting the growth, growth's getting hot again. This was the story 10 days ago. A pre market prep, we started to try to stay ahead of the trend. We try to get ahead of the trend um, where people are starting to say, oh, yeah, growth is starting to look good again. No, growth has now run. Some of these stocks have run 20, 30% in a week and a half, two weeks. If you're coming in here now, you're a little Johnny-come-lately-to-the-party. So I think it's actually time now to start lightening up some of the growth names that have run here for the last week and a half.
1: Right? What? Well, what, 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 Let's stick with China for a second here, because what about the rest of the, the sector? Because China is up basically uniformly this morning. Every- what is going on in China? Because I, I see...
3: Baba's up ten bucks here. Yeah. It's a huge move. I didn't catch the headline. I had, I I didn't look that China was trading up, I didn't see why. Like I see FXI trading up a buck and a half. That's a big move. So we have all the Chinese stocks trading up significantly. Do we have a reason here? Chat, do we have a reason? Baidu's up five points across I've the board. Been, I've
1: been looking for that. I'm wondering if it's re, uh, reacting uh reaction to the headline that they're 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 easing the two shower policy and now going to the three the three shower policy. I, I but that's such a economic Long term thing, I don't know. But I, 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 to answer your question, I have not seen any specific headline uh, this morning. They're saying it's the child policy in the chat too. So
3: right now, it's right if you have two kids, then you get taxed. If you have a third kid or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, they they went away from this the one child policy a few years ago, right? Now they're at a two, and but they they, they have the same problem that that like Japan has, in that they have a re, uh, aging population and uh, declining birth rate. Not not that they're unique in that. The whole world has a declining growth rate, but um, China is trying to stimulate that and say, okay, you can have now three child, three children per, per family. Uh, maybe that's the headline. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's all- It, it like needs a, more people, more people to consume in China, the long term. Chinese, Chinese stocks have, have not been where the party's at this year, but every one of them is up this morning, it seems like.
3: Yeah, yeah huge. I mean, and- I think the dip on the Chinese stocks was a buy in a lot of these cases. Um, you know, I, I I like Alibaba. I still own half my Alibaba. I was trying, I was thinking about rebuying the other part I sold. I did buy it once and then i sold it again. And I don't know, it's now it's a nice move up. So now I think on dips, I think yes, absolutely, I think I'd be a buyer in some of these stocks on dips. Again, I don't like buying rips. So now you get the big move up. I'd wait a couple of days, dust settles, and maybe you get another chance with Baba under two twenty, but Big move here. Big move for all the Chinese stocks.
2: Yeah, big move. Big I, I like move. I like
3: China at this point in time. Like an investable.
2: <laughs> you liked it better if you owned it last week, or you yeah. know, well, yeah, even say, again, yeah. You
3: don't want to Chase? <laughs> like that's the uh, whole thing. I, I'm you know, as a trade, maybe you can do whatever you want. Like I said, you can do whatever you want. You always have an out. But as an investor, I'm buying dips and selling rips. I'm buying dips on sectors that I like, stocks that I like. I'm selling rips on sectors that I don't like or on stocks that I don't
2: like anymore. Uh interesting, you got that out, uh, that 4 a.m. pop right to 225.40. And then you also just have this daily high here, right? At 225.29. So you're getting you're getting uh you know a little confluence there between your pre market high and a daily high. You've leaked two bucks off that. So I think that's a good target. Uh if in fact it can clear there, nothing on your dailies to get a little higher up, let's call it two twenty eight sixty. Uh, but first things first. Take out the pre-market high. If you're looking just to protect some profits after you made that high, the lowest is traded at two twenty two ninety. A lot of times, you with these, uh, with Baba, just going back on my memory, you know, a lot of that move is factored in overnight, and then it either digests the move during the day or fades a little bit. So make sure if you're looking for more on this, taking out that pre-market high, two twenty five forty.
1: All right, 8.32, we're going to have Nick Shaheen join us in a couple of minutes. Uh, I already see him here lurking in the background. Uh, for, real quick, though, I do want to uh, have, ask Dennis to share a quick story, if he can, um, on okay. market inefficiencies uh, as it relates to news headlines, because you were telling us Dennis, that you made a trade. Actually, you you made a round-tripper. Uh, yeah, I screwed you, this one up. <laughs> bought <a> stop- <laughs> You bought a stock, you thought it would move, it didn't move, you sold it, and then it didn't move after you sold it. So why don't you tell us about that? I'm this
3: talking thing. AFG here this morning, and AFG is trading up about $9 here this morning because they announced a $14 special dividend. You say, okay, well, that makes sense. You know what the messed up thing is? They announced that they were going to do this a week ago, and I bought this thing back on May 19th. Go to your Benzinger Pro headline. You can That's show right. it, Spencer. Right back on Wednesday, May 19th. It was 518 in your pro American Financial Group today intends that today that it intends to pay a special one time cash dividend of 12 to 14 dollars. They already announced that they were going to do this when they closed this sale of whatever the hell this annuity business. So they announced it. So I bought it back, you know, on Wednesday night because I'm like, okay, well, they're going to pay 12 to 14 dollars. That's going to pop crickets, man. <laughs> Thursday morning comes, it doesn't go up at all. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This isn't going to go up. And then Fridays, more crickets. It actually starts going down. I'm like, I don't understand at all what is going on here. So I'm like, I'm just out. I actually lost a little bit of money on this because I didn't understand what was going on. For, you know, and you can look back. This was back to May 19th. You know, May 20th, 24th, we start leaking. 28, 128. I was like, how? Is, like, I don't understand why it was going down when they announced they were going to give a $12 to $14 special dividend. But anyways, the market completely ignored it. Okay, so they officially announce it today. They officially announce it. <laughs> Get and away for the official announcement. $10. I'm like, I, I, this market is so inefficient. And, you know, I'm stupid. I should have realized that when they officially announce it, not that they intend to. The intent wasn't good enough. You have to officially announce it. Duh. So now they officially announce it. And now it goes up 10 bucks. So I'm ticked off myself because obviously I made nothing on this, and I was buying on the headline that I was like, if they play a 12 to $14 hour special dividend, it will probably pop. They don't always go up the whole dividend amount, but they usually get a good lift from it, and I got nothing. So anyways, official announcement, now it's up 10 bucks this morning, so I have no idea. You know, Would I fade this? I have no idea. I don't know why it didn't pop originally on the news. It makes sense that it's popping. Uh, but, it would, but it would have made sense to pop back on May 19th when they said they were going to do this. Now they officially do it and now it pops. So that's this market. But you know what? If you held for the last two weeks, you know, before this official announcement or I guess eight, nine trading sessions here, congratulations. You're finally rewarded here this morning. I would not buy it up eight bucks here, though, because I already got burned on it once trying to pay up a little bit, figuring that it would go up eight or ten bucks and then it went up nothing. So uh, I, don't, I don't understand this market at all. Very inefficient
1: all right good lesson let's bring on our guest here nick shaheen is the author of create income with option spreads and sell mr shaheen how was good morning you? how was your long weekend
0: it was good very productive i feel like i've done some stuff even though i probably didn't do much but <laughs> i tried to relax catch up on some sleep good. sleep is very needed good um
1: what, what, what have you been watching? Uh, so the-
0: I was listening to yeah. you guys talking about Baba and I'll tell you why it popped, because if it had lost it, recent lows, it would have gone down to like 180 or 175. <laughs> so the alternative was to pop it, uh, news or not, it was in a better long opportunity than short, if you could stop yourself out below the low that it did the early May, I think yeah. it was uh, 204 and change. Yeah. And if, and if you want to gauge on the way up, like you said Dennis you were waiting for a dip, um yeah. if I would use the candle around uh, April 12th. The, okay. ed- at the edges of it and the it's kind of like a doji-ish candle, so I would not chase it into that candle, so um also the it, it's now contesting areas that it had trouble with before, so um, caution on that one with the FXI as well, the whole uh, Chinese market. It was head and shoulderish, and now they were trying to recover the neckline. So, onus is on the bulls to take that out. This is an agnostic opinion. I don't have a trade on it. I did short the FXI, but I'm out. So
3: Is this just kind of a catch-up trade a little bit? I mean, we've been bouncing back on the spies almost at or making new all-time highs here this morning. And, you know, obviously, we look at China, and it's down you know, significantly from the highs that we got back to in February. So, is this just kind of a little bit of an excuse to come? Maybe this three ch- three kid thing is the excuse to come back in and buy some Chinese stocks.
0: I think you can trade them on their own merit. If you're okay. dealing with the big companies, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm literally unplugged with the news. I am up to date with the news because I just read the headlines on Twitter and I just swipe right and then they go away. Yeah, yeah. Um. And then I dig into facts. Like if I'm waiting for a report from somebody, I go to that somebody and get the report. Um. So if it, it's been successful to actually trade the fundamental story, like if you know have if they have a PNL and then add to it the technical side of it, and you don't need to be a, really a technical guru, just basic knowledge of of charts, just basic knowledge of charts and no tools uh, could get you going to avoid the obvious chase mistake. Like you said, you don't like to buy the rips and it's easy to avoid that. So uh, like um, if I look around, I, I, I have a problem with the fact that we have the biggest tails everywhere as far as stimulus and all of that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there is another check that hit. Has anybody charted the, the stimulus checks with the uh, small caps complex, like the AMCs and whatever? That would I'd be, inter- good. I'd that be good. I'd be interested to see if those. I st- would, too. You find I, that. Send
3: it to me, Nick. I'd be I know, I know two of them
0: are peaks, last February and now. I know because my son is 19. He got a stimulus check for some reason last week out of nowhere. What? Uh, Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. $1,400. It said economic relief check. So Hold there on. are there I, are stimulus. I, I want to check my bank account. One second. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he he he, um, he got it. And I asked at the gym. There's uh, all of my f- people I work out with that were early 20s. They also got checks. So I didn't know there was one coming. So is this part of it anyway? But the point is, you can't short anything with hard um, with hard lines, because unless you put a stop, for example, the EWG, I was short last week. I was green. I didn't book my profits. This is my second go around with it. But I'm, I am I want to stop out because if they do take it out, it's two prior major fails, 2008 and 2018. So it could have a lot to run. So you can't be a a bear with conviction. You have to trade whatever is going on in the charts. So if I'm bearish with my opinion, and I am a little bit, I won't fight it, I'll ride it up. I'll flip from bearish to to bullish and, and ride it up and vice versa. So this morning, I think my VIX feed was broken because the VXX and the VIX were holding up relative to the last prints I see. But then suddenly now the VIX just flashed low 15s. So I had a note to myself, if the VIX is at 15, buy some puts somewhere. Because cheap enough that... it, it, why is it at 15? That's like the olden days. And if it's the olden days, why we have $6 trillion yeah. coming into the economy? So it th- th- doesn't make sense. So I just want to be flexible and trade both sides whenever they happen. So it's almost like you needed to buy a straddle last week.
1: And uh, uh, no, no trader in chat saying it's college students. And it, it's college students who are who claimed as dependents are getting are getting that, that third and fourth check. So there you go. So I didn't know that. Okay. Today I learned. Students are throwing them back, right back into small caps, Nick. What's so I hot? think you're right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right the what's, the little, what's the hot stock that I can get, you know, make this fourteen hundred dollars <laughs> into four thousand, five thousand in a hurry?
0: And they are talking stocks, 19-year-olds, which never do. They're talking trucks and cars and girls, and now they're talking uh, stocks and Bitcoin and stuff. And here's what's up uh,
2: with Bitcoin now. But, no, before you yeah.
0: change the subject, Joel, I
3: got another question for Nick here. Um, And and I just look at this and you think, okay, well, your college kids are getting, you know, the stimulus checks, the younger generation, they're not interested in making 5%, 10%. They're not interested in making, you know, they're not interested in Apple and Google because, you know what, Google isn't going up 100% next week. Apple isn't going up 100% next week, but some little small cap might. Do you think this trend lasts? Because maybe it continues for a long time. Maybe small caps. Maybe I this is the time where small caps really start to outperform mega caps because the whole new generation isn't interested in mega caps.
0: I, I think since the SEC is not enforcing the rules of manipulating stock prices from uh, from either the hedge fund side or from the um, boiler room sides. Good, good point. Uh, they need they need to segregate them like they did with the uh, pink sheets. So make make it a playground where people know that that's what's going on. Uh, so that everybody that's par- participating is a willing participant in manipulation. But if, you, if they want to keep the, um, the playground level, like if I'm not in the Reddit room, I'm at a disadvantage trying to trade AMC. For sure. Because um, I, I'm not privy on what's going on and when are they meeting? When is the rave gonna be? So yeah. uh, <laughs> When where, is the rave gonna be? Or, or in what warehouse. And what packets not to pick up and what pick up. So anyway, you're at a disadvantage. Oh, so yeah. they need to make a playground special for that. I mean, it's fine. If you want to fight unfair, put them all in one hey, room Nick, to fight Nick, it, They did. It's called Robin Hood. <laughs> Ouch. I didn't say that.
2: Hey, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Joel, what's that? No, I just uh we talked about Bitcoin when you were on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's just not the not the flavor anymore, is, I guess. there's more in amc consolidation period pull back off the highs i know so, you me, were yeah, i know me, you were cautious up there at 50 55 60k i mean is it is it had its run it just have a wild consolidation or Are you trying to lean no. on that low i don't think it was from so, last week but the week before
0: right every time we talk about bitcoin the conversation i always compare it to gold because it is this weird thing that is worth a lot that doesn't do much right but, yeah. but the, besides that point the, the trading pro- process for this thing is accumulation over time. So the, the slam dunk thing to do with Bitcoin is to buy it on every major catastrophe. So wait for the next major catastrophe. So if you want to actually trade it, the, I, can, I can give you I can, my direction on this. If you pull up the weekly chart, you eliminate all the noise. And then you you see a lot of tails going into 28 plus. So that means that the market is refusing that area har- harshly within the week. You know. um, So it hasn't closed on a weekly basis there. The lowest close I think was, I don't know, wait, 33, four or something like that yep. on a, on a weekly basis. So that's your guide. Now, if that fails, so I think the trigger would be if it goes below three thirty, thirty, 30, 30, it can go to like 12 or nine technically. That's where you add if you add, if you bought at 60. But the idea is to accumulate over time. And if you do what Dennis does, you don't chase these mega spikes and you just say, you know what? I freaking missed it. Let me catch the next time. Then you're, you're likely to do better that way. So I wanted to get into Ethereum when it was in the low 1000s. And yeah. then I, by the time I funded my account and everything, it was already 4,200. Yeah. I, I funded my account. I didn't buy it at 4,200. I bought it in the low twos. And I will add if it goes down to nine hundred or a thousand or twelve hundred where I wanted to buy it. And I will add and I will add and I will add until I get to my point at the end. So that's the idea that I'm trading with. So I technically
3: think you drag powder too. Like maybe don't go all in on your position all at once too. Like of maybe if you're if you're going with that strategy, you know, the Kathy Wood strategy to a certain extent where she's been putting zero point one percent of what she wants in it every single day for the next six months. I mean, that's just she's just dollar cost averaging into it. So So
0: January for Bitcoin, January, the first weekly candle, January 4th, the edges of it is the sandbox we're playing in now, the high, the low and and the guts. Use that as a a guide as the price can ping pong in between if you want to buy the low edges of it and exit at the upper edges of it. And then know that as soon as it loses both either sides of those edges, it will carry momentum in that direction.
2: What about some of the uh, the growth stocks that we've been talking about? They've had some nice rallies um, off the lows. Maybe like a Fastly okay. or a Data Dog or something. So, I mean, getting in is one thing; getting out's another. The second time, i have just talked Yeah, the talk- trade is an art. Yeah, talk about you know <laughs> possible exits on some of these things or or So
0: here's off. how I dealt with Fastly. I traded it actively and I shared it many times. And one of the times I shared it, uh, it fell apart. So then, but- <laughs> But, but the, the credit put spread ended up surviving under pressure. So it took big, big, big pennies, so to speak, to, to stay in it because it got uh, t- tested. But here's how I would handle the pressure for myself. I look at the PNL for sleep. It has a PNL. It is growing fast, um, and it doesn't have any flagrant files as far as fundamentals. So I knew I had the fundamentals to support me. The price to sales is like 17. So I wasn't panicked. So in the credit put spread scenario where I sell a put and I buy a put below it, it's a bullish position. I wouldn't defend it. I would actually take the stock and sell my protection leg and own the stock with a lower a breaking point. So that fast lease situation was easy to handle. But what I'm looking at for the Nasdaq, like you said, all these growth stocks bounced, right? That was job number one for the bulls. Now it, the question is, will they retest the, the level from which they just bounced. And if it fails, that's a head and shoulders of sorts. That's a neckline yeah. they lost and we're going lower. Or will they use this to attack the necklines that are going into the early May failure points? And can they break out from those? So this week, I don't believe they can do it. That's my binary bet, okay? So it's not a fundamental opinion. It's a binary event at the end of the week. What Powell's going to say, what the jobs are going to say, how will we react to them? Um, so it's two coin flips and we don't don't know which way it's gonna go. So my gut is that we can't bust through it and we could come back and retest the neckline and have a tizzy of sorts and the media will go over crazy and we'll see what happens after that. So trade it one leg at a time. And the easiest way to hedge a portfolio is by selling bear call spreads, credit call spreads in the SPS. You say, what if I lose money? It's insurance. You lose money on your insurance every month. That's its job. If you don't lose money on your insurance, it means you crashed something or you got sick or your house got burned. So that's its job. Balance the portfolio. Then every day you have something to to claim victory on.
2: And with these stocks too, I mean, they don't necessarily have to, you know, keep going up at the rate that they were. But a lot of times, you look for just for consolidation periods, you know, two or three days, four days, staying in the same area, and then, you know, the volume tapers off, and then, you know, you get a break out of that range. But this one has just kind of been slow and steady moving up. But uh, are, are we,
0: which one know, are we talking about? I was now? just
2: talking about uh, just something like Fastly. I okay, mean, so Fastly. Up, if you want to talk about bumping Fastly, up, bumping up. Bumping up.
0: It has a big gap down on earnings, right? And it's just eating into that gap. Where is it this morning before I start talking? It's flat, okay? so so. (laughs) (laughs) So, It's it's at $30 now. (laughs) So so it's into into the gap, maybe, maybe not. So in my opinion, my experience, in gaps on earnings like these, they're very hard to start to fill. Look at the one before it, last earnings report is still open, right? And the one before it, uh, like two earnings ago and then some, it got filled by after a lot of hard work. So I wouldn't chase it going into 60 or 56 because that's where the machines are going to sell it. Try to. So watch the resistance and watch if it retests and fails below 40, I would get out. Not because I expect a disaster because I don't know where the bottom is. And you think, oh, Fastly will never go there. On its own, it might. But I don't know what kind of, of environment. They don't trade in the vacuum. So it might fall through no fault of its own. Like if the market's correct 10%, what's going to happen to $40 in fast sleep? If it doesn't hold, I don't know where it's going. So it all depends. It has good fundamentals, but I'm not willing to be the guy holding the bag all the way down to twenty-two. All right, Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. You can also subscribe to Nick's Benzinga Options
1: newsletter. The link is now in chat. The link is also in the description of the video. I highly recommend that. Nick, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate
2: it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Nick. All right. Uh, SP, we stuck up to 28 and a quarter, uh, back at 2375. Uh all-time closing high right up here at 25 and a quarter. Of course, the all-time high was back on May 10th, and uh, we got up to 38 and a quarter, but uh already have had uh nearly a 40-point range. Uh begin those kind of ranges overnight, but not not so much during the day sessions. But uh right now, uh still up uh 21 handles at 2350 and uh AMC just uh Bumped over $30 here, over 31, up four ninety-seven. big volume trading in that one as well.
3: There's a reason I switched to overnight trading 10 years ago as opposed to intraday day trading because the big moves and the big money yep. happens overnight. I've been, I switched back. I, for, so if you look at my career, 1999 to 2010, I was a pure day trader, selling everything at four o'clock, taking nothing home. You know, I had long-term investments, but just in the trading account, Basically I was out two thousand until two thousand ten I was out. Four o'clock, flat, you know, and you know exactly how you did. Now I'm like, I do lots of overnight trading. I take stocks home. I think, you know, what's the catalyst coming up? What are they gonna be talking about on CNBC tomorrow? You know, and that's why, you know, like we get the run up into the Ford event, you know, a classic run up. You get, you know, run ups into different things. But I mean, the big moves, Joel, have happened overnight.
2: The statistics
3: show it too. For years, liquidity is lower overnight. This is when the big moves happen. And if, you know, you just. Stocks are not day even. A, I mean,
2: stocks open for part of it. But, I mean, yeah. you know, what about what were the trading on uh, Sunday night? Monday, you know taking it down and bringing it back up but uh, big
3: moves overnight not saying everybody shouldn't you know, you know all of a sudden change <laughs> their sleep schedule and stay up all night and trade this booze all night just saying i've introduced overnight trading into my p&l in the last 10 years and it was the best decision that i've done
2: Right, we started pre-market prep yeah right? because pre-market there's lots prep. of opportunity
3: in overnight trading here day trading day trading day trading i am an overnight trader i try to predict what they're going to be talking about tomorrow. You know, like buying earnings stocks two days before they report. Why? Because they're probably going to be talking about it nonstop and that'll push the price up if they're talking about it nonstop in the media, on CNBC. So, you know, like what it's it's a classic example, run up into the earnings. Why? Because they're going to talk about it. So, and sometimes it's just the money's going to flow into that. You know, you've got jockeying ahead, people speculating, oh, I think this company's going to blow it away. So there's all those reasons why these stocks tend to, gravitate upwards ahead of their earnings reports so i mean there's lots of different you know strategies with overnight trading but just trying to tell you what joel's pointing out is we've got a 40 point overnight range i mean the big moves have already been made the big money has already been made here overnight you know sometimes they have some reversals sometimes they have some
2: other things that happen intraday but a lot of money made overnight all right. It's, uh, what else? We I'm not. I did see some analyst ratings there. Nothing super jumped out to me nah. on them uh, to Analyst Tuesday. But maybe with the three days, there was
1: one I saw. Well, well I, I mentioned the Neo uh, earlier. Uh, the the big one aside from Neo, Citigroup again going to buy. Oh, I would say it's Boeing. Uh yeah. You know what? That's interesting as well. I saw that one. Let me pull it up, guys. I saw it come across my screen, and I I, I didn't read the whole thing
3: i'm um, mad at myself here when i bought las vegas sands a week and a half ago i thought about boeing as well <clears throat> and i'm like i should buy boeing too it was like 225 then or 230 and i'm like if boeing had the big run it's come all the way back to where it was and I'm like i should rebuy this and i did not and i'm mad at myself for it um now you get an upgrade yeah let's get kickstarted. i think there's room to 260 on boeing i don't own it i wish i did i picked the wrong one obviously um, because Las Vegas Sands hasn't done nearly as well as Boeing has in the last week and a half. But um, I think the reopening trade is for real. I think Cowan, probably the upgrade here this morning, is saying yeah. that the reopening trade here is for real. I just think that there's you know still upside here in Boeing.
1: 290 is what Cowan says uh, Boeing will be at in 12 months. Outperform rating. I just it's not going away. I mean, yeah. I, I look at where, you know, you
3: are in the US. I look at where we will be in Canada here. Eventually, I'm getting vaccinated on Wednesday. I mean, as the vaccination rates go up, people are out there and they want to do stuff again. I mean, you saw it in Nashville. You were just in Traverse City. I'm sure there's lots of you know people getting out there, spending money, doing things. The reopening trade is for real. And I mean, you know, the AMC you know, is for real. People are going to go to theaters like crazy off the hop here. And, you know, it's not surprising that maybe a stock like this, you can say, well, there is fundamentals behind it, and there is to a certain extent. Now, I just uh, argue that $200 million to $11 billion, a lot of that good news is priced in. Maybe there's some better places, or safer places for your money. But the reopening trade is for real.
2: I saw that uh, some airlines are banning alcohol sales now yep. because of – uh so, over yeah yeah, and rowdiness and stuff, man. You yeah. think people be happy enough just getting I'm that a, kind plane and penny going somewhere? Joel, you know, like, why do you need to get a fight? Joel, yeah. on my,
1: Joel, on my flight to Nashville, which you know wasn't exactly like you know huge plane, it was on the smaller side. They ran out of alcohol. <laughs> on the <on> everybody's
3: <laughs> getting up. Doing it up and having a party. They were, they drink them right out.
1: I was in the back of the plane. By the time they got Did to Did you drink all the alcohol? Spencer? By the
2: time they got to me, there was no alcohol. He didn't mosey up to the stewardess back there to see if they had anything, no. uh, any extra stash back Joel there. No? He's
3: like, oh, you got a little <laughs> hidden. I know you got a little <laughs> hidden one back there just for your good customers. So Joel would have done.
1: On the earnings note, is here's the calendar for the week. Not a ton, but we do have Zoom tonight which is interesting yeah. we have canopy growth this morning we can talk about that did they report already yeah they're out yeah let's talk cgc uh losses why there sales came in above estimates, but the losses are widening um i i haven't looked too much at what does that matter this morning i don't know
3: <laughs> it's had a good run you know uh, uh, but i don't know It sold off so much the hard stock. What? It, what? It, it always earnings can it can be turning events. So you almost got to wait for a day, let everybody that's speculating and jump in and you know trade their earnings and see what happens. But this thing can hold up and go green again. Maybe it starts to get kickstarted again. I don't mind buying dips on this from a technical basis, but I think I'd wait a day until it digests the earnings.
2: Uh, nice move really from 22 to over 26 not much over 26 if you're at uh, 26.55 recent low at uh, 22 so if you're looking to buy the dip there's a little wow we're still a buck a buck 85 away from uh, this 24 four dollar level a couple lows in that area coming back on the upside i don't, I don't know this one's being sneaky on a on an earnings day, they don't like the report, but it's not that red, so you get above twenty six oh nine. Take a look at that twenty sixty five. And if you are looking for like a really a better level, a hard level to lean on on the upside, a lot of congestion at twenty eight. Uh, that was from the uh, end of April and uh, early May. Taking a look. All at right,
1: that. wait, Mark. Mark Bud is asking if the Nasdaq will halt trading on AMC if it goes too high. I don't think we're anywhere near there that territory yet. I mean, AMC like, you I have volatility that. halts
3: all the time. I right, mean, we get the five-minute volatility pauses. That's infrastructure that's in place on everything. So, if you're talking the five-minute halts, I mean, those happen. You know, the five-minute volatility pauses. No, I'm, but, I'm
1: not sure that's what markets refer. But to. if
3: you're talking yeah. a long-term halt, it's rare for an exchange to just step in and halt a stock because of price movement and asking the company for news you know that that, that's rare to happen the volatility pauses happen all the time i'm sure you'll see volatility pauses in a lot of these stocks but for you know the exchange to come in and say we need more news why is your stock trading very rare for an exchange to do that
1: right and let's remember you know we still have the precedent of january right so amc i you know is is well above those levels now but GameStop. I would argue GameStop was crazier than than AMC is now. But they never halted GameStop, right. did no, they? That's what I'm saying. Right? Yeah. Well, so they didn't
3: do it GameStop. I don't know why they would do it now.
1: Right. That's exactly that's my point. I don't know why. This is a that.
3: very important day for AMC. It's gonna you know like I don't know if we're gonna call an inside candle, Joel, but it could easily have an inside <laughs> candle. 24 to 36, I mean, 50 range on Friday. An inside candle is probably not that bold of a call. But you get up near the 35, 36, you got a few bag holders that would probably be selling. You get down near Friday's lows of 24, 25, you probably got buyers. I, I do think the vote of confidence is worth something. I'm not surprised the stock is trading up. I think you'll find support down to 27 where a uh, mudder capital is taking an investment. Um, but for me, this if I was in this, it would just be a trade. I have no position in it right now. Maybe I'll day trade it a bit, but it's tough stock tough stock call.
2: All right. I'm going to hop. I'm going to hop over to premarketprep.com. Missed a lot of symbols here. So I'm going to hop over there, check out the site, did a lot of hard work on it. And uh, let's get these symbols done and get some levels headed into the open. So Spencer, we'll catch you at 3.30. All right, Dennis, go yeah, get them. Catch you
1: guys a little bit later. A couple of programming notes. Uh, so we're u- usual stuff. Usual stuff today, usual stuff tomorrow. Thursday and Friday, we have our next Cannabis Capital Conference. So we're going to have pre-market prep uh, on those days. And then after pre-market prep ends, uh, no usual shows uh, until like the evening because we've got the Cannabis Conference going from like 9 to like, 5.30. So if you don't know what's going to happen here, check out this trailer for the Cannabis Conference Thursday and Friday. Again, it's a free conference. You can go to bzcannabis.com to learn more, uh, or just you can watch it again right here on youtube.com slash Benzinga. Before I bring on Matt Hammond to talk IPOs, want to remind you all that our 100,000 subscriber giveaway is ongoing. We have not gotten to the threshold yet. We're at a little over 98,000 subs. We are giving away one free share of Tesla. After we cross that 100,000 subscriber mark, here is how you can enter. I just put the link in chat. It's also in the description. So again, the Gleam code, co- uh, YouTube code is slimeraz. All right, let's talk IPOs. Let's bring on Matt Hammond from IPO Warriors. Matt, hope you had a great weekend, sir. Uh, short week this week, does that mean the IPO calendar is any less busy? Uh, it does, Spencer. Okay. The um, IPO
4: calendar looks a little bit thin this week, um, but there is always the chance that we will get one of these Stealth IPOs, and I have seen some kind of hints um, that we should at least be on our toes and be ready to jump in if this one uh, that's sort of teasing us in the in the shadows does come live. Um, but this is a good time to kind of brush up on our strategies. A good time to kind of prepare yourself for the next wave. These things do kind of come, um, you know, in bunches, and we just had a bunch last week that did pretty well. And this week we have a little bit of a time to breathe and, and focus on balancing our portfolio a little bit and, uh, you know, prepare for the possibility of one of these special kind of Chinese uh, crazy um, IPOs. So uh, uh, last week, last week we had Paymentus, uh, ZipRecruiter was a di- direct listing, FIGS and Centessa. Uh, these were the kind of top performers of these. The ones that I called out were Paymentus and FIGS and they all kind of followed a pretty similar trading strategy that is something I've mentioned before, and we have a little bit of extra time this week, so we can focus on, on some strategy plays, some strategy talk. Uh, the strategy I want to talk about today is the 50-50 exit strategy, and this is kind of balancing your exits where you know a lot of people are like, when should I sell? When should I sell? I said, well, sell when you're up and sell in portions. You know That initial spike is a great time to take some profit and put it in your pocket. Uh, then you can let the, less, the rest ride and you know play hold for the day two rally, hold for that end of day one spike. Uh, you're in a little bit more flexibility. You've built a little confidence. You put some money in your pocket and you're giving yourself a chance to profit and then maybe profit some more. And this is a strategy that I like to play and I often kick myself when I don't play it. Um, got a little bit lucky this week with one time I didn't play it, but... Let's jump into it so I can really show you what this means, and um, get my cursor up here.
0: Okay,
4: at the end there. Oh, bear with me. Okay, so paymentus. I like paymentus. We talked about how it's profitable, how it's growing, um, and as you'll see, it opened up at twenty eight seventy six, and it gave us a nice little run up to thirty seventy six. So, if you sell half of your position right here you know, you're, you're in a good little 5% win, 4 to 5% win area. And you have to remember, this was a low float to begin with. This was a uh, 10 million shares. So you're going to see that the trading gets really spotty by day three, the volume really dried up. And even though you got to run up here, it's not easy to liquidate, you know, 1000 shares or 2000 shares if you're playing this with bigger volume. Um, you know, each one of these orders might only be 100 shares or 500 shares at a time. So if you're playing a low float, you know, not super popular IPO, you're gonna get the most volume on this first day. Uh, by the second day, you might not get that run um, and you might be ended, you know, like me, you might end up be holding, you know, holding some shares here into the second day run and it got a little bit tricky and I'll go over this in a minute because there's some really great strategies you can use to optimize your profits here. But you wanna look for take this profit, or take at least some profit off the table right on this initial spike. Saw so a similar thing here with ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter opened up at 20, which was, you know, the indication price. So you're not paying a huge premium. If I hadn't already been paying, uh, playing pay, I might have jumped into ZipRecruiter at this price. It gave a little bit of a dip, but just for a minute, and then it ran. Uh, where it runs up here to 21.50, 21.40, you can take some profit out right here, and then you can wait and see what happens. A lot of times when we see these popular brand name. IPOs with retail recognition, uh, retail demand is going to show up after this media cycle. We talk about that a lot, about after the fir- uh, how after the first day, the media picks up and says, oh, ZipRecruiter jumps 10% or 15% off for of the IPO. And a bunch of people who weren't even following the IPO, who aren't watching this show, who aren't getting the newsletter over at ipowarriors.com, hint, go sign up for it. Uh, they read the, they come home from work. They, you know, read the newspaper. They see the headlines about ZipRecruiter They say, oh, that's a great company. That's how I got my job. Oh, we use them all the time. They're going to do great. And you see that a lot of times on the day two, we get this morning rally where people who weren't aware of the stock before heard about it on the news, heard about read about it in their news feeds from Google. And we see a rally into day two. So I really like to play this strategy where I'm taking 50% off on the initial run and then letting this—if i if I have a lot of confidence in the stock, this you know, you want to measure your confidence level on this kind of play. And if you are confident, still take some at least, you know, 30, 40, 50% off initially, and then give yourself a chance, give the stock a chance to run on that second day and take profits on that initial run. Uh, if you really want to let it go, you can set a stop loss, maybe underneath this flag, let it run to 2176. Sometimes we see these just step up and up and up. And you know, this is what I really like about the 50/50 play. And 50/50, I mean that's you could do 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, you know you could 30, 30, 30, 30 you can do it how you want to. Um, Figs was one that I had a lot of confidence in. ETrade kind of tripped me up here because they were offering this to traders uh, offering IPO allocations. I submitted an, a request for allocation. Did not get a fill, which gave me a good indication that this was going to have high demand. But then they forgot to undo the, when they are offering an allocation, they will suspend trading in this pre-market and usually until about a few minutes before it debuts. And they forgot to remove the suspension until after it had already kind of made its initial run. It was about 10 minutes in before I was able to even place an order. And by that point, I was, you know, I was a spectator. I was a little bit peeved by that, but uh, nonetheless, you see the strategy of letting it run, either take off on this first you know spike up, or if you had a little bit more confidence, let it run to the second spike, but you should be taking profits right here, at least some, then let it run. This was kind of an anomalous uh, spike at the end of the day. I don't know how you would play that except with a phantom limit order. Uh, but if you did hold through day two, took a little heat there, but nothing below your entry point, And then you got step, 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 step. So there was a lot of reasons to see, you know, to have bullish confidence in this play. Uh, One thing that I'm starting to recognize a little bit is that some of these stocks that have female CEOs are getting a lot of interest from Wall Street. There is the entire, there's a lot of pressure on investment companies to support female-led businesses. FIGS is a female-led business. It's a highly profitable, you know, growing company with a lot of space to expand into other industries. Uh, it got a lot of positive media coverage overnight and there was a reasonable, you know, there's a reasonable intention to have second day confidence in this. And if you did, you were rewarded pretty handily. Some tessa pharmaceuticals. I don't play biotechs usually because demand can disappear. I really don't understand them very well. I did like what I read in C- about Sentessa. They have really built a company that's not just about a single drug, but is about creating companies that have, you know, they have multiple. They have about nine drugs in the pipeline. They have a drug that's in stage three trials. Uh, there was there was a reason to pay attention to this. I didn't play it. I was still exiting my uh, paymentist position. And but you see, this one gave you a lot of comfort if you played it. It uh, pretty much went straight up to about a 10% win. At this point, you could take you know half your profits here. It went into a pretty you know into a pennant formation and then ran again. Take another 20%, you know another exit the position fully at 20%. And that would have that would have been a very straightforward play. Um, no need to overthink this. No reason to hold this. You don't want to be stuck in a pharma play for th- two or three days. They usually don't get the kind of retail recognition or media hype that, you know, the brand name will get your average trader doesn't know anything about um, pharmaceutical drugs. So a cool one to play. If you played it, congratulations. You definitely took a win. Uh, If you didn't, you're forgiven. You're excused. Uh, That's that is what it is. Okay, I did want to talk a little bit about how to exit low volume trades because you'll see this a lot if you're playing IPOs. You'll see stocks that you got into, maybe you thought they'd do a day two run, or even if they do do a day two run, you end up, uh, you know, in a situation where you're trying to get out with uh, not a lot of demand. Doesn't mean you can't take profits, but you really need to exercise a strategy in optimizing that st- uh, that those profits because. We're seeing a big spread in the buy and the ask orders. So with Paymentus, which we'll get to in a second, we saw buy orders that were like thirty dollars and twenty-five cents, and ask orders that were like thirty-one fifty. And if you just sold at the market, you were cutting yourself out of you know a dollar, a dollar fifty per share. With, whereas if you took a little bit of patience and set an ask order just below, you know the the next big ask order in the level two sell orders, you set yourself up to take, you know, a substantially larger profit. And by watching those level two ask uh, orders, which I which I'm saying here, especially when it's bullish, when the stock starts moving up, that's where you want to start trying to undercut that the other ask orders. So you're not selling at the bid, which can be you know 50 cents, a dollar, $1.50 per share lower than the ask. You want to kind of like take out portions of your position. So I had eight hundred shares And I didn't want to just set one sell order at 800 shares. I wanted to put, you know, sell orders of 100 shares or 200 shares. That way the other big sellers aren't undercutting me. You don't want to get into this jockeying thing where you're, you know, both pushing yourselves down. You'll just push the price down and, you know, it it becomes kind of a tug of war between the bidders and the sellers, but it also becomes a little bit of a jockeying game between the sellers to try to, you know, get in front of, you know, get cut to the front of the line. Now, if the action is bearish, if you can see that it's reached its peak and now it's dropping down, well, now you might just want to get out with a limit order at the bid order price. Just take your money while the buyers are in the market because once they're gone, they might not show back, show up again. And here you can see it very clearly. This is the end of the day of Paymentis right around here. This is about three o'clock. It started building up and you can see it went from about 20... 2930, and it peaked over at 3180. So at this point, th- these are very thin uh, order, you know, it's a very thin order uh, volume here. And we were seriously saying, you know, this might have been three trades, one trade here, one trade here, and one trade here. So if I had just sold at the market, I would have gotten out here and here and here. Instead, I kept, you know, Kept setting my limit orders just above this, just above this, just above this. And I managed to get out at least a handful of shares up here at 3,185, which is actually right here. Just perfectly, you know, perfectly dangling my uh, lure up to where the fish were having to jump out of the water to catch it. Once it got bearish, well, now you want to start just selling with what you can get. And you don't want to be holding all your shares, you know, or a big portion of shares once volume completely disappears. But you really could be stuck with the stock for a while. And you know I'm trying to like get my position out going into a three day weekend. You don't know what's gonna be happening after the three day weekend. And I wanna be liquid so I can uh, play additional IPOs as they come along. And just to review this a little bit more clearly so you guys can really see what I'm talking about. Uh, when it's bullish and you wanna exit from the low volume, you wanna set your limit price right below the next big level two ask order. So here we see how many shares there are okay 200 200 i'm gonna probably try to get out right here uh, with maybe 2295 or at least i'm gonna let my order sit there for a little while and watch you can see here we've got 2107 was the bid 2227 so you got a dollar 20 uh you know difference in in your profits which if you're you know 200 shares that's 200 dollars uh, and you know more than that so this is why it's important to really manage these. Look at that level d- two data and set your limit orders. You know, at a competitive, but not you know, you don't want to be on the other side of this guy because he's going to take a while to get out of his uh, his position. You want to be getting out before that guy. Uh, so in this situation, you want to tempt the buyer, uh, but you want to discount the big seller. The next situation is when it's bearish. Now it's starting to go down. The stock is st- you know the price is starting to drop. You can see that, you know, maybe the number of bids has been is pretty thin. You don't want to be stuck with this and you're saying, okay, well, maybe I bought at 20. So I'm willing to get out here with the profit. I don't want to go into the weekend with this. You just set a limit order right at the bid, get out, or even below it, you'll still get filled at the bid price uh, just to get rid of your shares, take your profit, and you know, sell while the fish are still biting. You have any questions about that, Spencer, or am I just going to jump into the IPOs here? We got about about nine minutes left, so go for it. Okay. And just to recap, this is a great strategy for any time you're trying to... I mean, any day trader will tell you, don't don't day trade stocks with low volume. I mean, you want volume. But anytime you do get stuck in a position where you're trying to exit a stock that's not delivering a lot of volume, this is a good strategy. Uh, This is what I like about IPO trading. It will teach you a lot of skills that you can apply to general trading. So uh, this week's featured IPOs, there's really only one on the calendar, and that is D-local, which we'll talk about in a second, Uh, but we can't ignore the possibility of a stealth IPO coming along and giving us a great opportunity, though not without risk, to take massive profits. Um, so first, let's go with what we do know is on this calendar here. We've got D-Local, ticker D-L-O, scheduled to debut on June 3rd. And what this company does, It's a provides on, localized online payment solutions for emerging countries. So, for example, Microsoft is selling their software in Nigeria. They don't have and don't want to get all caught up in how to set up. Uh, online payments and banking and all this, you know, all this complicated stuff in a country like Nigeria. So they come to Dlocal, and Dlocal provides them with the payment gateway solution for enabling online purchases of Microsoft Project products in Nigeria. Same, uh, Amazon uses it in some countries. DD uses it in Argentina. So they have, you know, DD is the China's largest. Uh, rideshare company, it's the Uber of China. They also operate in other markets in the world. And so the point is, Dlocal has major customers. They're incredibly profitable. Uh, they're growing revenues at an insane rate, 124% year over year, uh, growing profits at 110% year over year. These are some of the biggest numbers that we've seen in terms of you know startups that I've never heard of. Uh, their IPO is a little bit pricey. Their indication price is already 39 times revenue. So, you know, you're paying for growth, but you're also paying for a company that's already profitable. The float is, I believe, 29.4 million shares. And interestingly enough, I think about 75% of that is insider sales. So they're not really raising that much money. They are raising, I think, about 25, 30% of it. But I think the point is that they're giving their insiders an opportunity to capitalize on their long-term investments. They're not in need of cash flow. Uh, But there are some, they they said they're using their money for possible takeovers, uh, improving business. Um, But this is, I think, when I look at some of the other global e, uh, Flywire wasn't quite the same thing. But some of these international payment things, they've done pretty well on the IPO. So as long as we don't see a ridiculous premium uh, between the IPO price and the debut price, this one is and it's the only one this week, so I'm sure I'll be playing it. Question is how heavily and what strategy I'll use. But I think that there's a reason to believe that this will be popular and at least for a 50-50 play, if not just take all the money out at the beginning. It is on a Thursday. I don't want to get stuck on a Friday trying to jockey out of this one. But it's the only one on the radar so far. And speaking of radar, let's jump into what I think might pop up this week, which is a stealth IPO. So keep you got something for me, Spencer? No, no, no. Keep going. Okay. So the stealth IPOs, we've talked about these before. I send out the updates in the newsletter when I find these. If it does show up on the calendar, it usually be either late at night the night before or early in the morning the day of. Uh, If you sign up for the newsletter at ipowarriors.com, you will get those alerts. Now, the Stealth IPOs, some of them have run up 900% over two days. We're talking about UTME. We're talking about T-I-R-X. We're talking about E-J-H from two weeks ago. If you want to go back and check those symbols, you're going to wish you had been in on those. It doesn't mean that every single one of them runs, but there are the ones that I have caught have so far offset the losses that I took that it's ridiculous. I mean, I took, um, I took TIRX. I bought it at 17 on the debut and it jumped to 50. I mean, and I had a you know thousand shares, so $33,000 and, you know, just had to sit through the halt. So the signs that we've seen on all of these, the things that they have in common is that they're Chinese companies that you've never heard of EJH two weeks ago, Well, it's a house cleaning and appliance services company. I mean, there's no, there's no reason why you would want to like own that stock, Um, but it debuted at something like 16 and ran up to, I think it was 50, 45, something like that. So, you know, you want to be in these if you can, if you can spot them. Uh, This one is private education company. Okay. Who cares? They all usually indicate at least they're priced at four to $5, usually $5. Uh, the float is almost always five million shares, and we never hear about these until the day of or the day before. In fact, most of the time they debut without anybody hearing about them. And I have my theories on what they're really doing, and I believe that there is some serious money laundering, or well, that's my best guess. People moving out their money out of China into Western markets by you know floating these low uh, low volume unpublicized IPOs and basically, you know, matching share orders against each other, running them up and transferring money out because the difference between the offering price and the peak is inexplicable and it's insane. Uh, This one was the the reason I'm on on standby for this one for this week is it was filed. If you look at the IPO filings, it was filed on May 7th, which is the same date as OMIC, which debuted last week. And the other IPOs from last week were all filed in the same period. So I was thinking maybe it would go live last Friday, um, but it didn't. And so I'm really watching. It seems like the timing is you know, lined up for this week. Another hint on this one is that it's underwritten by Network One Financial. Network One Financial is the same underwriter that did TIRX, which is the one I just told you about that I took a nice play on. And Network One Financial has also co-underwritten uh, several of these stealth IPOs, or s- several IPOs with Bosted Securities and Sutter Financial. Bosted Securities and Sutter Financial—they're actually like one company, partnered companies. Uh, their websites are identical, just with different URLs and logos. And Network One has worked on several of their IPOs, and Bosted has probably launched the most of the stealth IPOs that we've looked at. They did uh, UT, uh, No, the, yeah, they did UTME, they did eBet, which wasn't exactly stealth, but did have that same kind of run. And, you know, all of these hints show me that, you know, I don't expect GSUN to be highly publicized. If it is, okay, I'll reconsider. But if it just shows up one morning and prices, you know, debuts, you know, at $20 or less, I'll be going in pretty heavily. Uh, we did see JZ XN was another stealth IPO that got that debuted at forty-five dollars after pricing at five dollars. You don't want to touch that; that's just too much. And if you had touched that, you got burned pretty hard. It dropped from forty-five to, I think, like seven over three days with no no spikes. Um, and that that's my next point: is stealth IPOs don't always run. What you're looking for is an immediate halt. It's like it goes live and it's already halted, and your order hopefully already got filled. Once it goes into that first halt, you might want to think about at least trimming some of your position. Now, as soon as it opens out of that first halt, if it goes into a second halt, you've probably hit one of these jet stream, you know, stealth IPO runners that just goes crazy. And you don't want to celebrate too early. You want to start taking positions out after each halt. But you want to keep some skin in the game in case it really does one of these 10x, you know, 9x, 10x runs. Um, as soon as you see it open... And start actually being tradable. In other words, it stopped just halting, halting, halting. And we saw UTME going to nine consecutive halts to the upside. Um, but once it starts actually trading, that's the time to start getting out. And you might need to just get out with a market order, which is generally not what you're gonna do. But even a you know, even a limit order or a stop loss, a stop loss, there can be a lot of slippage in these things. So you want to act quick. You want to have your finger on the trigger. This is not something to go, you know, to play and then, you know, go to lunch or hit the gym. You know, if you're going to play this trade, you want to be glued to your computer, sitting through the five minute halts or 10 minute halts. And while it's halted, really get your strategy down. Look at the level two data. And if the bids and asks are both above the halt price, well then you can expect it to keep running. If you see the bids start to drop below, and the asks start to come down a little bit. Now the tables might have turned and you might need to just get out. And you don't want to be holding these because once they've peaked, they're not usually going to go back up there. Although some of them have gone on in a you know a second day run that could be fun to be a part of. I'd rather take my substantial profits on the initial run, sleep easy at night, celebrate the victory, and you know, go plan for the next one.
1: All right, Matt Hammond is from IPO Warriors. His link is up on the screen, also in the description, ipowarriors.com. Matt, great insight as always. I hope there is a stealth IPO so we can talk about it next Monday. Sounds Sounds good. Have a good week, Spencer. All right, 927. I'm watching AMC, obviously, into the open. I'm watching oil. Uh, OPEC is meeting right now virtually, and I'm also uh, watching – uh, what did i say i said amc i said oil and i'm watching i'm watching uh, chinese stocks and i'm watching b w m x betterware to mexico the ceo will be on spacs attack at 11:15 it's a direct to consumer retailer the first Mexican company to, to list on the NASDAQ. that'll be at 1115 SPACs attack. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for our stream today. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or trading advice. Uh, David Green is live trading the open right now. This stream will end. It'll redirect straight to that stream. So you don't even have to maybe click play or if your auto plays on it should play automatically. Everyone have a good uh, have a good open. Uh, have a good start to your day, and I will see you later on uh, the day for our other streams. But David Green is going on right now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.